We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, the NFL's deadline for contracts that void has come and gone. And league-wide, it was only Ravens wide receiver Nelson Aguilar who earned an extension, Bobby. Which means Kevin Zeitler, Gus Edwards, Geno Stone, and Rocky Sin will all hit free agency next month. Not signing Kevin Zeitler to an extension, though, Sarah. That has us both a little bit surprised here. Definitely. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Tuesday. February 20th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, presented by one of this month's Business Patreon title sponsors, Jamar Summers of Operational Excellence Advisors, your guide to business excellence and innovation. So Sarah, former Ravens QB Robert Griffin III made a major pitch for pending free agent star running back Derrick Henry to come to Baltimore. Stop us if you've heard that one before. Ah, The smoke will not end with (laughs) Derrick Henry. All right, plus Lamar Jackson's Forever Dreamers Foundation. They traveled to hand out meals to families in Santa Domingo, Dominican Republic. And this week, and listen, we're just giving a shout out to number eight for his generosity. Absolutely. We've got all that more coming up. So thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Before we officially kick off this episode, Sarah, we now have Todd Munkin locked down later today. Later today, Tuesday, February 20th, around 4.30 p.m. Eastern. If you want to know what we're doing at the time (laughs) of what we're doing it, we'll be catching up with Ravens offensive coordinator, Todd Yeah, we're not going live, right, Bob? We just want to make sure that's clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, Because we want to make sure we have full control over this and and do it really well and that he feels comfortable. And this will be the first time that he meets with the media, you know, since the AFC title game. And I think we'll just – we have our – our uh, blueprint mapped out the yep. questions that we want asked. So anyway, you'll, if you're watching this in the morning or listening to this in the morning and you feel like you have a question that maybe we haven't thought of hit us up Baltimore Ravens vault at gmail.com. And if there's time and we haven't already asked it, or it's not included in our show notes, then uh, we'll try and incorporate that. So looking forward to that, but we begin uh, with some surprising Ravens news. And, and again, you know, when you think about the deadline that passed, and Brian McFarland of Ravens Salary Cap uh, analyst work has been all over this, right? The Ravens initially had seven players whose contracts would have voided on Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern, which would have totaled uh, over $23.6 million. We know that they reached extensions this week, one, with Nelson Aguilar, 
Michael Pierce earlier on in the offseason, and they restructured Odell Beckham Jr. to remove those void years. Mm -hmm. Uh, The four remaining, like we mentioned, Zeitler, Edwards, Yassin, and Stone are going to count over $8.3 million as dead money on the 2024 cap. So, you know, most notably here, Kevin Zeitler, who has stabilized the right guard position, Sarah, since Marshall Yonder retired years ago, and somebody who's coming off really a tremendous season, and who's going to count over $4 million himself yeah. in dead money, is unlikely to return, and that has us both surprised. Yeah, I think, and anybody that's been listening to our show, I think they would know that we were going to be surprised because we had already felt like, well, Gus Edwards will be gone and Geno Stone and Rocky Seen, but with a $4 million cap number uh, in dead money, I thought for sure they'd get back Zeitler. Plus, plus Zeitler has played well in the three years that he's been in Baltimore. He just went to his first Pro Bowl this last season. Granted, it was partially because... Uh, he, he was, you know, an alternate and whatnot, but he's always played at a Pro Bowl level. So uh, when you combined his play along with um, the dead money, I thought that that would be, um, you know, uh, a no-brainer, I guess. So this opens my eyes quite a bit, Bobby, and lets us know, uh, no, the Ravens are going to go another direction. And my guess is that direction will be younger, yeah. Um, I'm I'm curious, and and if we get to offensive line questions, which I hope we do with with Todd Munkin, I'm going to be curious about asking him if there's a certain type of offensive lineman that I, that he thinks might work better in his offense. Yeah. Uh, as we know, it's it, it. I mean, while the Ravens still run a lot, I mean, it is very different from uh, Greg Roman. So there's that, and then um, you know, the first thing that kind of tipped me off, though, Bobby, I had read um, in Jeff's Rebick article on the Athletic uh, Monday morning, he had written about how the Ravens had just re-signed Nelson Aguilar. Then he talked about the deadline that's now already passed, but the time was still a few hours away. And he said, um, at this point, them becoming free agents. He, okay, so he said if they don't sign, they're going to likely become free agents. Then he qu- and then he said, quote, at this point, that seems to be the likely result yeah. as there has been little evidence that Baltimore has been aggressive in trying to negotiate their returns. So I knew that would be the case with Rocky C and Geno Stone and Gus, Ed- Gus Edwards. At least I thought it was the case with Gus Edwards. I th- put him more in 50-50. But Kevin Zeitler, when they, when they when they had the season review press conference, I I thought I had recalled Eric DaCosta saying that they were talking with Zeitler's um, agent. So You recall correctly. Yeah, yeah. So it was just surprising to read that this morning, that this wasn't a, oh, maybe it, maybe it wasn't Zeitler who didn't want it. Like, it seemed like it was just like the Ravens weren't aggressive. When the Ravens want somebody, they let people know. And uh, so so that tells me, you know, the, the a, often, as they've already said, offensive line is going to be um, something that they work quite a bit at this offseason. Um, but B, the cupboard isn't bare, especially at guard. You know, it makes me wonder, do they have more faith in Cleveland? We've talked about Voorhees. We've talked about Sala. Like, they've, they've already put a lot of draft stock into those positions, and the Ravens have been able to develop guys year after year after year, these mid to late round draft picks, and then plug them in as starters. So... We have those three as options, plus there's the, the draft coming up. But Bobby, is, as um, Jeff Zrebeck noted, it's really 
just Linderbaum at the center position where there's no questions because now we have both guard positions where the starters are scheduled to become free agents. And then with Stanley and Moses, they both have age slash injury slash contract questions. Now, I feel like Stanley's going to be back, but I've I've been predicting that they'll let go of Moses. So, But really, it's just Linderbaum where you're like, okay, we know where we're going there. That So there's four spots where they've got to figure out what they want to do. Which is a solid centerpiece, right? Tyler is a solid centerpiece. If there's one guy up and down the line that you can guarantee will be back and you feel good about, it's him. There's no question about that through through two years now. But, but yeah, I think there's a lot left still to be determined. Luckily, you're hearing that it's supposed to be a very deep draft class yes. when it comes to offensive linemen. Yes. So perhaps Eric DaCosta and his scouting department have guys in mind, perhaps kind of what you alluded to there. Maybe they have a contingency plan in place with Ben Cleveland. Had a chance to catch up with him at Twain's Tavern before the AFC title game a few weeks ago. And I know he's ripping and roaring and hoping that, you know, his number is called here. And then, like you said, kind of the the fear of the unknown from a fan base perspective when you look at Voorhees, you know, who's coming off essentially an ACL year, uh, a redshirt year, if you will, his rookie year, which was wiped out. And then Sawa, who who wasn't used very much at all uh, at tackle and, and was kind of labeled as as such, right? He was labeled as a, a developmental tackle coming out of Oregon. So clearly still a lot left to to be done. One note here for those who've been asking Brian McFarlane. He was, he's been all over this uh, question he's been getting. The four who have had their contracts void that we mentioned. Uh, Yassine, Stone, Zeitler, and Edwards. Uh, they are eligible. The Ravens are eligible for compensatory picks if those four, if any of those four, sign elsewhere. So their contracts voided. That's significant. Yeah, especially when you think about like uh, like all those guys are going to be signed. Yeah. Oh, for well, sure. I, I mean, I mean, Gus Edwards is the only one that I would think it'd be like. I don't know if he'll get like. Um, a ton of interest, ton like of right out of the it, gate, maybe or, later on. Or a on. ton of money, which is what you need to be high up. But, like, Kevin Zeitler's going to be re-signed. I mean, I would oh, yeah. Stone is definitely going to be signed. Everybody and needs so, quarterbacks. And yep. in a way, the, the Stone, I believe he was only, like, Gino Stone was only, like, 600 k in dead money. Right. Like, mm-hmm. that's well worth the price of now making him, uh, instead of a free agent, Maybe yep. maybe we need to do this more often. Maybe we need these small these small void things because that 600k is worth getting a pretty sweet uh, compensatory pick, and I think he he's the one that could really garner a bigger one. For sure. And you think about who they've brought in based on compensatory picks yeah. back, you know, in in the past. This good track record for Baltimore and drafting standpoint. Let's get to topic two and some smoke. Because this smoke for the better half of a year now has been on our dockets. And that is Derrick Henry, who's a pending free agent, of course, 30 years old now, spent all of his career with the Tennessee Titans. And RG3, who I think tagged both of us in this, so our mentions are through the roof. Yep. Uh, whenever he has Baltimore-related content, he'll tag us. He'll tag <laughs> so, us, and yeah. I've got a frequently uh, mute just that conversation not not rg3 just uh, the single tweet yeah completely we're still trying to get him hopefully at some point this off season too I've, I've kind of backed off the the communication so hopefully we can get that done but anyway he tweeted on on monday that derrick henry plays with physicality is relentless in his preparation and has a clear passion to get over the hump to play for a championship there's only one place for him to go 
Derrick Henry should be a Baltimore Raven because he already plays like a Raven. Here's a counterpoint from our guy, Ken McCusick, who dug in, as he often does. If cap space was not the central factor for the Ravens, I'm still not sure I'd want the Ravens to take a chance on Henry, uh, writes Ken here for the audio folks on Twitter and X. Over the last three seasons, Henry has a success rate on his runs of just 46% as compared to 52-7 for the Ravens last season. That's 52.7%. Some of that is scheme, offensive line, and Jackson, which had the Ravens second um, in uh, YBC. What is that? Yards? Oh, no. What is that? Yards? I thought it was yards per carry, but it's not. I wonder if he meant P. Did he actually mean P? Because I would think... Why PC would be yards per carry. Yeah, will you look that up while I finish the, the that? Yeah. So uh, at 3.2, as compared to the Titans, who at, were at 2.2, ranked 24th in 2023. So the trade-off seems to be one of the one of a, a betting against decline for a back with very significant tread wear versus projecting Henry into a better situation in Baltimore. There is a price at which that gamble makes sense, but I don't think it will make sense to Henry, particularly because the Ravens have so frequently been able to find quality young backs on their first deal who are effective with Jackson and the offensive line. There's no doubt about that. I think it's it's a good counter, uh, one that, that deserves, obviously, uh, attention. But I just keep coming back to the fact that there's been a ton of smoke. Mm-hmm. There's been so much conversation surrounding this. We remember what took place prior to the November 1st deadline. We, we know what this guy is capable of. We've seen, yes, the numbers decline, but he's coming off a year where, yes, he's 30, but he's still putting up well over 1,000 yards rushing. You add him into that backfield with Lamar. You have your home run hitter and Keaton Mitchell. You've got your targets and weapons on the outside. Perhaps you add more in the draft. It's so intriguing. It's so intriguing, but it is a tough year given the cap situation, and I respect and acknowledge that. All right, so YBC, yards before contact. Aha. <laughs> caught me Caught me not preparing. My bad. Uh, so, listen, I – first of all, I said before when I was talking about what I wanted in the running back room, I wanted a bruiser that could go up the middle and break tackles and all that, right? And so I said, if that's not Gus Bus, then maybe it could be Derrick Henry. So now we know at this point that it's very unlikely that Gus Edwards is coming back because the Ravens right. just absorbed his dead money right. by not re-signing him. So to me, as sad as it is, it will, I mean, it'll be more official once free agency hits and, and if he were to sign elsewhere, but it's looking like the Ravens are passing on Gus Edwards. Yep. So uh, that even makes more sense to say, hey, let's go check out Derrick Henry, um, to me, it's everything that he said in the in the beginning. He he was saying even if even if the cap wasn't the factor, he's still not sure. Listen, if he were willing to sign for a certain like, you know, a certain amount because he wants to chase a ring, then I'm all for signing him. The way that you have practice squad rules, all these types of things. Now, to your point about the smoke that's been nonstop. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. That smoke, to be fair, was in the middle of the season before we knew what we had in Keaton Mitchell. Was. And J.K. Dobbins had gone down and all that. So for sure the Ravens, it sounded like the Ravens were interested and it sounded like Derek wanted to come here. Um, so is, is it in the off season when you can go out and get younger, fresher backs is now the time where that smoke is still going to be there. So I don't know for me, for me, I want to go young first. I want to go see what you can go get in the draft. And then from there, plug in the veterans. But I do think a veteran is going to be necessary. And I do think that a a, a bruiser is going to be necessary. So it could very well be Derek Henry. To me, it's more like the let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Almost like a a clowny does. Do you know what I mean? Like let's yeah. you you can't you can't say okay, clowny's option one as well as he played. You still got to go out and get the young guys in the draft, and then once you are once you have that, then let's come back and get some of these veterans that might be shopping for a ring. I totally get it. I don't know if he qualifies as like somebody that's going to be available that late in the summer. I'm not, and I'm not. You didn't mean to directly compare. Jadavian and and Derek, I don't think. Uh, yeah, but I don't like, know that he's going to last until right. August or September. Right. But perhaps after the draft. Maybe, maybe. And maybe not. He, we'll see. But that's yeah. where I'm at. That's how I would approach it because I want to go young and fresh first. Totally get it. Totally get it. He is look. You can look at him as a luxury right now, given mm-hmm. given what the Ravens have, and given to Ken's point, what they have found in the draft, and given what other teams are doing too. You always mention it's kind of low-hanging fruit, but look at what the Chiefs have done with Isaiah Pacheco through two years. He was a seventh-rounder. Are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Pretty good ROI there. So, yeah. Also worth noting that Jeremy Fowler, ESPN columnist and writer and reporter, recently put together on Monday the 19th um, kind of a roundup or just a sort of his, his news of the, of the week, and he reported that the Ravens are, are, I think the word that he used is pedigree. They're looking for a running back with pedigree so you can just add that on top Derek's not the only one available with pedigree but he certainly would be at the top of that list when it comes to defining the word pedigree so be on the lookout there Uh, and just by the way I don't know if I'm making sure I'm not against Derek Henry coming here I would I would love that I'm just saying Oh, you're on record for that yeah Yeah, you're on record for for certainly not being at least in my book we're both on hopefully we're making that clear but I I, I also I'm not saying that he's like this three down back that's number one let's go get him to me it's just like he's he's now more complimentary 
and and you got to get young and fresh. You got to get young and fresh. But I am not against it. And I'm and you have to have a veteran in the room anyway. And I don't. Justice Hill could kind of qualify, but Derrick Henry's another level. Yep. Should have added this earlier on, just in terms of the the whole salary cap situation. But uh, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, has been tweeting that some are expecting it to be in the range of two hundred forty-two million to two forty-three per team. Uh, but then he he quote tweeted himself and said that another source says it's going to be closer to two fifty rather than two forty-three. So the Ravens could <laughs> Ravens could benefit from. From some additions in that category. Sure. Every, I mean, it would benefit everybody, but for sure the Ravens could use it. Now, just to, as a heads up, we've used Brian McFarland's numbers in terms of like how much space the Ravens have. He's been using the estimation of 245. So, okay. it, so anything above that, you know, is going gonna, is gonna to make them have more cap space than what we've, what, what he's, he's shared, which is certainly in the single digits in terms of millions. Okay. Gotcha. That sounds backwards, doesn't it? <laughs> a little bit. What do we like, got here in like the rumor like category? Eight million is what I'm saying, like the single digit in front of the million yeah. is where we were at. Yeah. Anyway, I just pulled this out here because, listen, wide receiver news is always important in Baltimore. In no way am I insinuating that this 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 guy is going to come to Baltimore, but um, there was you know some some rumors out there. According to Jeep, uh, I guess it's Vikings fan page and then JPA football that the Vikings are hesitant to give star wide receiver Justin Jefferson fully guaranteed money after the first year in a new deal. And then that also says per, per pro football talk. So definitely a couple different sources here. It's not the dollars, it's the structure. They don't want to guarantee in full money beyond the first year on a deal for anyone other than a quarterback position, close quote. Boys, this just take me back to last year when we're talking about guaranteed money nonstop with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Yeah. And as tough as it was to get it done with the quarterback, it would be even harder, I would think, for a wide receiver to get guaranteed money. But for sure, keeping us keeping us on top of the news around the league with with wide receivers. Oh, I'm fired up for this guy right here. This is this is great news. One that uh, you, you wish it was in Baltimore, but this guy was beloved. Josh Bynes, former Ravens linebacker, according to Aaron Wilson, NFL reporter, he interviewed for both the Ravens and Chargers for their linebacker coach positions that were vacant. And now he's going to accept an assistant linebackers coach position with the Seattle Seahawks, according to Aaron Wilson. Uh, Again, Bynes was obviously coached by Mike McDonald in his first year. Actually, no, Josh has been gone out of Baltimore for longer than Mike's. Well, whatever. I don't know if it was, if he was the actual defensive coordinator point being Mike and Josh are very close. They have a close relationship. Mike's been in Baltimore, obviously, for for a long time. And now he's assembling, slowly but surely, a pretty solid staff out there in Seattle. Yeah, good for Josh Bynes. That'll be oh, – this is this is their assistant linebackers coach, right? Not the linebackers coach. So, right. Uh, but it's a, it's a similar trajectory. John Harbaugh said it, like, when you're a linebackers coach, it always just seems like the the next move to become a defensive coordinator. So – uh, so congratulations to him. And then lastly, we'll get to uh, Lamar Jackson's um, foundation, Forever uh, Forever Dreamers Foundation. It's what the, the foundation that Lamar had, has set up. And they went out to uh, Santa Domingo, Dominican, um, to hand out meals. And so he put out a video on that, just kind of um, showcasing how they handed out meals to different people there. So Good for Lamar. I know he, he gets a lot of attention for almost the smallest little things, but, you know, community work doesn't get as much attention, so we wanted to make sure that we didn't overlook that and um, made sure that we're – and he and he does. He does a lot. He's always out 
playing with the kids, right? Has football, um, football camps and, and all of that. He likes to keep a low profile, but he also is out there in, in the community and, and uh, helping out the, those where he can, he can. So good for Lamar. I hope that same Baltimore Sun reporter from back in the day who criticized the way that, uh, you know, his, his philanthropy and the way his dollars go towards, you know, did or didn't go towards her liking when it comes to Baltimore community stuff. If you're going to report on that stuff and have opinion pieces like that, then you got to report on everything he's up to because this is a great foundation and Lamar has, um, we, we know whether it's his South Floridian efforts sticking around in, in the community there and really giving back or in the Baltimore area, or in this case, you know, Dominican Republic, it is a major part of what he does. And, uh, it go, it probably, a lot of this stuff goes underreported, so I'm glad you brought it in. All right, let's make sure we shout out our couple of our OG patrons who are supporting us here inside the channel through Patreon this month, and we appreciate Bill Justice and Toby Faree. Shout out you both. Thank you for believing in what we're building. If you guys are interested in doing the same this offseason, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast to learn more about what we're offering. Next time you hear from us, it'll be an exclusive with Ravens offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. Really looking forward to catching up with him, asking some tough questions, perhaps off the top of that episode, and then getting into really big picture items about the 2024 Ravens offensive line stuff that we now know is, a, is definitely a, a relevant topic of combo and i'm sure plenty more so anything from you before we jump hey new record we're coming in under 30 minutes boom under 30 we're trying to simplify and and get things efficient here and um just kind of that's not why we're under 30 though because nope. <laughs> there's no there's not as much news as usual we're yeah. retooling we're we're we got the camera up and running right now. Maryland flag's going to be behind me, hopefully, at some point this week. So, yeah, you and I are this, – this is one of those weeks for us. We're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes, kind of getting things taken care of. So, looking forward to when it's all fully, fully blown and, and set up. You guys are the best. If you enjoyed this specific piece of content, please like this video and also subscribe to The Vault here on YouTube and in the audio-only spaces as well. Got to love it when you get a little – uh, cameo from somebody in the back too. What's my going on over there? My 12-year-old son was chasing my 11-year-old daughter and she ran into me and they both looked at me with the lights on and looked like they were like in huge trouble. So we're going yep. to have a chat. They're not in huge trouble, but that was hilarious. The law's about to be laid down. Who are you kidding? <laughs> Let's go. Love them. You guys are the best. We appreciate you. Thanks for sticking around for this Tuesday morning vault. And next time, again, be on the lookout for our Todd Munkin episode dropping in a platform near you soon. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.